Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You fucking cunts. Full-time, one-all. Could have been a lot worse. Kamari great, thankfully, at the end. Equalising. Paddy Boyland, what are you thinking after that? I mean, it could have been a lot worse. One point now after three games. Everton's first goal scored by an actual Everton player. So there are some very, very small comes of comfort and an emphasis there on the double very. Um, it, it took them until the last 10 minutes to finally play with the kind of intensity that we wanted them to. But it's the same story as in the other two games. It's just they don't look like scoring goals, not regularly. Completely blunt at the top end of the pitch. And until that changes, it's, it's going to be days like today. Yeah, I think Everton started well and faded. And just some of the players coming over now, Mason Holgate, Frank Lampard, and Anthony Gordon are having a chat.
Anthony Gordon in particular is spending a bit of time clapping the fans. Looks a little bit like that, doesn't it? Looks a little bit like a farewell. Gordon, of course, had that great chance at the end to win it as well. Uh, Connor Cody's here too. Yeah, what did you make of that from Gordon there? Yeah. 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 I thought he was one of Everton's best players. He's still abroad, isn't he now? He's yeah. taking his time. I mean, I'd say. Some people would look at that and think that's a goodbye. And I, I suppose you've got other players still out on the pitch, so we have to emphasise that, don't we? I, I, I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I thought it was the Anthony Gordon the last season. Kind of quite relentless off the ball, driving at the opposition, committing men. But again, the Anthony Gordon the last season, just without that final bit of quality. There's a chance right at the end. And look, Everton drawing against Nottingham Forest, not totally on him. There's a chance at the, get at the end where he looks to hook it over Henderson. Yeah. I think if he touches it either side, he either wins a penalty or he has a clear shot of goal. Yeah. And for me, that, that's just the final bit with Anthony Gordon. That's the one thing that stopped him. And means that he go, he's not a top-class Premier League player, but he's just a, a good or a very good Premier League player. You can't fault his, his work rate. I thought, he was, I, thought, I thought he was relentless. I thought he drove the team on. Um, one of the better displays in blue, along with probably Alex Awobi. Yeah again um, for, the, for the third consecutive game but it kind of feels like we watched three consecutive 90 minutes that have been very similar <laughs> with the same issues to discuss the same Achilles heel it was just a bit of a poor aside today you just switched off and let a, us a, back a poor aside but a poor aside comes with three centre-backs and, and two wing-backs that at certain points weren't always particularly high up the field and that presents everything with a different problem then because it's how do you break them down where's the guile where's the creativity and it kind of felt to me as though most of Everton's best chances were either things that broke in the box long balls over the top set pieces shots from range it wasn't really a Wobi picking up the ball and threading a through ball guile um, there wasn't much of that so it was almost like most of the chances that came were forced mistakes or they were they were kind of shots to nothing from range and like I said earlier, until that changes, until there's more thrust in the final third, you leave yourself susceptible to that moment. And Forrest had a build-up of, what, maybe 10, 15 minutes worth of pressure when they started applying it. And we both said to each other, this is coming. They look more likely they're going to score here. So it was no surprise when they did. You just leave yourself susceptible to that moment. And that's going to be the story of the season if they don't do something very soon in the market. Apparently, before we head back to the, the boozer, um, I imagine Frank Lampard, Kevin Farwell, Bill Kenwright, everybody will be. I mean, it's a bad result, one one at home against Forest, but they'll be very, very relieved because you know it. It felt like it was on the brink of going there, didn't it? Just it before was, we scored, it was fractious, wasn't it? It was, it was fractious, and look, the, the fans have got every right to to be disappointed by the start of the season and by 
the lack of forward planning in the transfer market. Now, you can't fault the club for going out and buying Onani. You can't fault the club for going out and paying money on Dwight McNeil. Whether or not they're the right players, I guess, remains to be seen. But what you can do is you can say they've lost the Charleston. They've not replaced the goals. We've got a lot there in um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He spent the year, more or less two-thirds of the season, I was injured. So you can't rely on those players. You can't, you can't kind of pin all your hopes yeah. on them staying fit and coming good. So it could have been even worse, like I say. It, could have, it absolutely could have been. There were times there where it felt very close to tipping points if we didn't quite go over. McNeil sending... Yeah, that was the, the bad pass when she played it. That was the, the one. That and then yeah. the, the corner that went straight out of the, the Gladys Street end. It was close to tipping point. You've got to you've got to praise the resolve. You've got to praise the likes of the Damari Gray, Alex Awobi, Anthony Gordon driving Everton one because this could have been even worse against the, a newly promoted side. But the doors open at the opposite end of the pitch. They're, they're not they're not leaking loads of chances. They haven't done in any of the games they've played. But they just it, it, it's one mistake, one ricket. And if t- teams score against Everton, they they're more or less safe in the knowledge right now that Everton aren't going to score two. They might get one, but they're not going to score two. So look very similar to the Villa game for me. With, and I'm very similar to the Chelsea game um, with a slightly better result as I said to you about 60 minutes in Everton can't afford to write off any game at the moment the <laughs> margins were so tight last season that they can't afford to write off games to 1-0s 1-1s against sides like these Everton need to be beating Nottingham Forest at home they need to be picking up points um, and it just p- places a load of pressure now on a couple of away games a game against Brentford away which is tricky it's really tricky given the way they play and the result they got against Man United there um, after that you've got Leeds away at Ellen Road and let's be honest Ellen Road as a, as a night game it's going to be an intimidating proposition so it's, it's a time now for the Everton board the Everton director of football Kevin Thelwell Frank Lampard to get players through the door to make sure the squad is strengthened for those games but it's also time now for those players to show resolve again they'd have to show real resolve to go away and get and pick up some points because they need a win from somewhere don't they yeah they absolutely need to get a win from somewhere in the next two or three otherwise all of a sudden it's back to Everton Crisis Club the narrative on on Sky and and wherever else Everton Crisis Club is is Lampard going to lose his job and we can't be back there again it just can't afford to happen again there have been so many resets so it's all time and a couple <laughs> forwards for me. Yeah. Uh, we're in the, the bowels of Goodison now and about to make our way out onto to Gladys Street. Um, where hopefully Math Lusk yeah. and his old man are going to pick us up and take us to, back to town. So uh, you'll hear from us in the Denby Castle in about five or ten seconds. Right, we're back in the Denby Castle anyway. As a reminder, they are our sponsors. It's a great boozer. You can get some wonderful ale. Um, Paddy, just listen to what Mike said last week. Like, yeah. The one against Chelsea. What, what are you? you all about. What are you tucking into there, Patrick? Don't know actually. What, what's it called? <laughs> Matt, do you want to explain? It's a juicy IPA, judicious IPA. I think it's Kirkstall Brewery. Yes, that's right. Where's yeah. that? Near Leeds, I imagine. Oh, Kirkstall, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we just made it back to town. A lot of traffic around with the uh, the strikes on and stuff, and. Um, this is some interesting phone-ins on the way as well. Uh, Matt, come to you first, mate. How, how, how do you feel after that today? Immediately after the game, I was furious, absolutely furious. I felt more angry and more despondent than I did after the Chelsea loss, which Why? is something considering. Because, I mean, Chelsea's Chelsea. I know that we beat them around more often than not, but it's a cliche to say that the game was there for the taking today. Yeah. But, I mean, 
it's it's not even like we had ourselves in a good position and threw it away and it's just like it's like we it's like we not even tried to lose it but it's just the substitutions that complete change of the game at the substitutions the change in form form formation the change in personnel the change in intensity in midfield it's just it just didn't need to happen at all it really didn't and yeah I just left that ground just wanting to punch the wall it just it just didn't need to happen I feel like talking about it again is getting you wrong yeah. <laughs> again I have to calm it down a little bit but um no, we were in the, the ground there, Paddy, and we sort of about Anthony Gordon as it was happening, how it felt like he lingered, certainly, yeah. when other players sort of came off. And there's got to be a lot of focus on him, you know, we were just listening to a phone in there, and people were saying he played like his, his head was elsewhere yeah, today. And if, yeah, I think that, that, that is unfair, isn't it? It's, it's unfair because I think the one thing that we saw from him today was work rate and endeavour. I, I actually think, I, I think I probably said this to you at the time, Matt, but from the point at which Everton went 1 0 down, to me, two or three players were visibly trying to get that team going again. One of them was Anthony Gordon, the other one was Damari Gray. Um, and then the third one, as we've come to expect now, was Awobi in central midfield. And for my money, Awobi was probably Everton's best player again. Davis, alongside them, had a pretty decent game and I, I wouldn't have taken him off, to be honest. I think the substitutions that Lampard made coincided with Forrest's best spell in the game and then, and then their goal. Lost a bit of structure not only in central midfield but also further forward as well but but in terms of Gordon I think it, 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 it's the Gordon we've come to expect the one that is so full of promise so yeah. brimming with promise pacey, direct really good out of possession in terms of winning back the ball and he did that on several occasions so I think as we heard on the, the phone and after the game to, to accuse him of having his head elsewhere I think is, is really unfair it, it, it's a gross injustice and it, I, I don't think that's right what we did see was him getting into the same yeah. dangerous positions but not being able to finish chances or pick out the final pass and that's the final step for Anthony Gordon he wouldn't acknowledge that himself he would acknowledge that if you look at back at his, at his body of work last season four goals and two assists as it yeah. was it's not going to take you on to the next stage which is either a move to let's say for example a Chelsea or or playing for England and, and, and gaining full honours those, those numbers don't carry enough weight so he knows that he needs to work on that, um, but it was it was it was a performance I thought where he where he kind of he gave every last ounce, um, and the the reason for Everton drawing one one is not because Anthony Gordon supposedly didn't try or has got his head elsewhere. Yeah. There are a multitude of reasons, by the way. One of them is the the lack of planning as we discussed earlier with regards to the, the striking options. I think the other is seeding momentum after the substitutions and allowing Forrest to get a foothold in the game when they're a poor team they should never have had a foothold in that game at all and the third one I think and we were saying this at the time was Everton Everton actually looked quite lively for the first 15-20 minutes I'd say but never again really looked like scoring and there's just this general sense I think and we could see this from Forrest almost kind of visibly grown in stature that sides work out after a while that Everton can't really hurt them too much and they're not going to do too much and then that just gives them a a, a second lease of life it pushes them on. They know they're going to have a moment in the game, <clears throat> and if they have if they have one moment, they're going to get at least a draw. If they have two moments, they're going to win, as, as we've seen in previous matches. So uh, it, it feels like we're kind of going around in circles with this. That's 270 minutes of football where a lot of the patterns are the same, a lot of the things that happened are the same. I think the only difference here was against Villa, Lampard substitutions had a positive impact and pushed Everton on. I think against Forest today. 
probably had a bit of a detrimental effect. Um, although I suppose we have to point out that the goal comes from Gordon and Gray kind of making a few runs yeah. in behind and getting in over the top. That goal doesn't happen if Solomon Rondon's up front. So um, you have to give, give Lampard, I suppose, some credit for that. But no, it was a, a frustrating day. I think an immensely frustrating day. Because I think there's, there's just a general sense that Everton needs to get three points on the board today with some of those games to come. Yeah, I, I agree with you that people are being totally unfair to, to Gordon. Um, so towards the end of the game, I was thinking about... I. I thought it was one of his poorer games in comparison to what we've seen in his past, you know, 20, say, league games stretching back into last season. Um, so because of that, I didn't really want to talk about his performance too much because I felt like I might suffer some kind of, like, confirmation bias. Do you know what I mean? Like, it seems like a lot of minds were made up before a ball was even kicked mm. today. I don't think his head has been turned. I thought there were moments where, like, he did, he did seem... Not distracted, but not totally sharp, not reacting as quickly as we've seen him before. Ball's coming over the top and he's just... It, he's not even, like, in the wrong position. He's just not even seeing the ball going. Rondon. No, no, Gordon. But, but he's always had that in his game, hasn't he? Yes, but I think if, if he was off the gas a bit today, I don't think it's because he's had his head turned. I don't think it's because he's got one foot out the door or anything like that. If it's anything, I think... It might have been weighing on his mind that if he did make mistakes, as all footballers do, the crowd might turn on him and go, oh, here we go, look, you know. And I just felt he was a bit sheepish in the game because of that. I think that's all it was, really. Um, like you said, when he was involved in the plays and stuff, yeah, he was, he was there, he was himself in. There was a couple of tackles where he might have bottled it a little bit and I screamed at him for it, but... I thought they got a card early on as well, don't forget, yeah. which I think probably stopped them from breaking aren't themselves. We just, aren't we just describing what we've seen from Anthony yeah. Gordon now over 12 months? Possibly, yeah. So. Yeah, you might be right. The same, the same positives, the same negatives. Yeah. How far in was the yellow? About 20 minutes, I think, was it? 20 minutes, right. Yeah. I was going to say, because I, I missed the first 13 minutes because I got to the ground at about 7 minutes to 3. I know, a bit too late. Jeez. And the queue was all the way past the statue for the Gladys Street. It was... Absolutely ridiculous, and yeah, didn't didn't get to be seen till like 12, 13 minutes in. So, anything that happened in that first bit, um, yeah, I've got no analysis for. Probably it. the best we played in the game. <laughs> the first yeah. fifteen minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, yeah. I did actually have. Yeah, he was, he was good in mind. those. I think yeah. he was one of the kind of the key catalysts in that kind of first 10, 15 minutes, wasn't he? Good, and he he had a few playing on the right hand side, yeah, playing, yeah. playing on the right hand yeah. side. Now, obviously, he's going to be better there than he than he was in the, the central striking role against both Chelsea and Villa so we saw him improve there um, I think it's just and it, it goes across across the team it's that, that lack of composure with the final pass that ability to execute the final pass and that ability to score goals I mean a lot a lot has been said already about the fact that Everton had 19 shots on goal today but I mean I've already looked at the XG and the XG is only just above one yeah. So what that what what that's telling you is there's a load of pot shots at goal, but not much in the way of kind of clear cut chances. There are, what would the XG have been for Gray's goal? Like before it's actually in the net, that's got to be at least what a point seven or something, a one on one with the goalie. Yeah, that's usually like a half, isn't it? Point five, point yeah. four, point yeah. five, I'd say. McGreen, no, but yeah. So give, take give, that away, and there's not a lot there. there is there's, there's, another, there's another one, and we, we've mentioned the Gordon chance already. I think for me, that's an example of the the way that he still has to go. The, the room 
that he still needs to kind of grow into. But I also think that was a fantastic bit of goalkeeping. If that was switched around, if that was Pickford doing that, we'd be singing his praises now because coming out like that, I mean, you might say it might be stupid, like big starfish well, he jumping that. He commits himself, doesn't he? And he yeah. commits himself, so I think they're in Gordon's position from the moment Henderson commits himself, the angle to get it over him completely narrows and look this this yeah. all happens in an instant so it, we've got the benefit of hindsight we can look back at the, the kind of the slow-mo replays but even in the ground at the time to me I was thinking to myself just shift it either side yeah. because I think Dean Henderson brings him down there I really do I think it's, he brings him down or he, he has a shot on goal and then we're complaining that he didn't get a penalty do, yeah. do you know do you know what that, that little instant reminded me of a little bit it's, it's it sort of speaks to the bigger issue at Everton is that it reminded me a lot of the um that's been a quite a mistake when we played Chelsea yeah. at Goodison and we won 1-0 and the ball that day obviously drops to Richarlison yeah. and he keeps his composure in that instance and scores and we go 1-0 up and they that, just that, don't have anybody like and, that at yeah, the moment that, do they who that, do you want a chance to fall to exactly. at the moment and that, 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 that's where we are that's, that's what happens when you lose a player who is pretty comfortable in front yeah. of goal and is quite a, a good finisher and keeps the head in those moments with a, a winger who is still very early in his career who, who's I've developing i an answer for that actually a player for a chance like that to fall too Alley. Well, Probably, yeah, genuinely. Well, even at the moment, you know, I'm not, I'm not seeing it yet from him in an Everton shirt. You know, in that position to, to do that. But do you know what I mean? Like that's that's sort of where we are, isn't it? That, yeah. It sort of sums up where we are. If if, Richard, if that ball falls to Richarlison or a player who is of equal quality or maybe a little bit less quality than him, who we've gone out and signed then someone probably keeps the composure there and starts it. Richardson scores that, doesn't he? He keeps his head there. But Nottingham and, Forest have got two or th- by the end Nottingham Forest had two or three players on the pitch that would have scored that chance at the yeah. end. Morgan Gibbs White, technically good enough to, to loft yeah. it over the keeper. Brennan Johnson's too quick for Pickford and just pushes it round him and, and, and slots in, you would imagine. So there's two or three players there. And I'm not putting it all I'm not putting the entire game no, the reason no, we didn't win not. on that on that chance, but it's just it's, it, it is those little moments where you think like the, the lack of a, a high class four which you think that's that's where we are that's where yeah. we are really short and I do think there's a, I do think there's a wider dilemma for, for Lampard in this period where Calvert-Lewin's not yet fit enough to return where a new striker or a new forward hasn't yet been brought in do you think there's that wider dilemma because you you, you sacrifice something whichever way you go and if you play Salomon Rondon up front you're sacrificing the mobility that Lampard probably wants that, that pressing from the front that intensity and the high energy style but you're getting somebody who gives you a bit of a focal point here or there if you go the other way as he did against um, Chelsea and against Villa and in, in the second half when Dwight McNeil came on and you play a different kind of forward up there um, Damari Gray Anthony Gordon or let's say for example Dwight McNeil as it was here then you're sacrificing the focal point and at times it kind of felt as though Everton didn't really know what they were yeah. playing to think about the, the, the spell after Rondon goes off and how many balls went up oh, yeah. to, to, to Dwight McNeil or, or, or Gray or Gordon and players weren't even competing yeah. and it's just like t- tactically you're kind of all at sea there you don't, you don't really know what's happening so I think that, that that's the issue for, for Lampard. He's going to have to sacrifice something in this period. Does he sacrifice the focal points or does he sacrifice um, the legs? And that, neither op- option is is kind of particularly mm. pleasant at the moment. Neither option gets Everton where they need to be, which brings us back around to the main thing here. And the main thing here is until Everton gets some goal scorers and gets some cutting edge at the top top end of the pitch, they are susceptible to these kind of days. And we've already had three of them. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of players want to speak about before we finish off um, 
Dwight McNeil, Matt, rough for him today, wasn't it? Coming out and playing up front. That corner was horrendous, absolutely horrendous. I don't think I'll ever quite forget that. Um, and he just seemed to sink a little bit when, you know, things got a little bit tough. And, you know, obviously we're not going to sit here and make a, a judgment on this lad by any means, three games into his, his Everton career. But he, he just, he already looks like somebody who's going to need confidence and backing. And it doesn't look, look like it's going to be the kind of season where we're necessarily going to get there. No, it won't be. Um, and yeah, um, I mean, my my feelings on the signing are a matter of public record on Twitter and that. But it bringing them on in that situation and that, yeah, it was a thankless task. It really was. And if Alex Iwobi can become the player that we've seen for the past three games, then he can he can turn it around. Dwight McNeil as well. He's, he's not played a minute. Yeah, I think I'm right saying this. It was Everton career with a centre forward on the pitch next month. That's yeah. Yeah, well, that's completely true. Yeah, so once we've got um, once we've got Calvin Lewin back, we'll see if he can stick some stick some balls on his head, and he could be the assist machine. But yeah, I think right now you can't make judgments, can you? Because it's just a thankless task. It really is, and he's not he's not the mobile nippy player like Demario Gray can be, where he can not fill in for a centre forward, but certainly provide something that will actually give you a goal threat in absence of a centre forward so it remains to be seen yeah. he's very Billy Lettinoff to me I get, I get those sorts of odds watching him <laughs> he's, he's, he's quicker than Billy Lettinoff I think I think he is a winger in a way that everybody wanted to see um, Billy, Billy playing inside didn't they as, <laughs> as a number 10 never really happened it, it's, it's so hard here because you've got a couple of interesting pieces that you need to fit together the first is that He's not a Richarlison replacement. You're getting a completely different kind of player, so you need to replace the goal somewhere else. Second is, as you say, he's not played with a centre-forward. And I think that the one thing that you're getting in Dwight McNeil is somebody who can get the ball out of his feet, make use of his left foot, which on the whole is good. He's a good technical footballer, I think, in, in the main. Maybe lacks that kind of killer turn of pace, that bit of burst of acceleration to always get away. But he's a, he's a good footballer, he's a tidy footballer. We're not really seeing any of that, we're not seeing the technical ability because he's not got anyone to aim for. But I also think if you play him in that role today, then you are setting him up to fail. I don't see how, as a centre-forward, he's meant to thrive within that system. It's just not going to happen. So that's, that's a partial solution at best, and I'd rather it wasn't even a partial solution yeah. at this moment in time. It's going to be difficult for him. Because it's not been a great start, admittedly, even if you take into account all those things. And you could you could hear the frustration in Goodison, not only with his performance yeah. but with the rest of the teams. And that take you need you when need he tried to play that down. pass, wasn't it? When he tried to play that pass through, when he didn't get anywhere near getting through. Well, and yeah, it, it was, was tough. it was it'd be like you know, it was it was sort of like a visceral yeah. anxiety and anger, wasn't it? Well, from, you need you, you need you need to, to be a tough character to battle through that. Now He's been up and down in his career so far. I think he had a great start at Burnley. Um, and it obviously tailed off for one reason or another. Um, but he's going to have to show a lot of, of self-confidence. He's, got to, he's going to have to show a lot of belief. He's going to have to push through this. And, and then hopefully, combined with the other changes tactically in the team, we might start to see something from him. I just think I, you can't write anybody off at this stage. Absolutely can't. Oh, yeah. And not within this system and this, this setup. Um, I think that would be really unfair. And uh, finally, Anana. Um, I mean, I, I don't want that lad anywhere near, anywhere near our own goal when he's on the ball because 
as much as he's positive and he's you know great cheerleader with the Gladys Street, his, his touch and his, his, his determination seems to do something positive every time he gets on the ball. It does scare me a little bit, Matt. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit galoot. But um, <laughs> one thing I say about Anana is I thought I thought the decision to book him for that first foul was just pathetic because he's like he's gone over and he's obviously like his hands have caught the guy's legs. I don't think he's like rugby tackled him or nothing like that. But he's a young kid. Home debut, new to the Premier League, and you've got a very experienced referee there. Can't take, the referee can't, that, that can't come into his thinking though, surely. If he thinks it's a yellow card. The fact he's a young player shouldn't make a difference. If, if it doesn't come into the thinking, why do we see referees giving players warnings? Next yeah. one I'm booking you. I mean, it happens, but it, sh- it shouldn't. But it does, that's the thing. So why in this instance, as you've just gone straight away, within seconds of him being on the pitch, gone yellow card, as a defensive midfielder now, you're you're basically half the player because you're on the yellow card. And then straight after that, up our end, um, I think it was was it Damari Gray gets taken down as he's about to break away on the wing. Yeah. Free kick, no yellow card. There wasn't much consistency in the refereeing throughout. Yeah. So they'll do a few few bizarre decisions. What well, we very nearly had another situation, a rerun of last week, where he he comes on and pretty soon after yeah. gives the ball away mm. in a dangerous part of the pitch and, and the opposition breaks forward and yeah. thankfully they didn't score on this occasion but that could have happened and I think that that shows obviously he's, he's a young lad he's raw he is going to make mistakes and, and maybe we're seeing a little bit of hesitancy from Lampard in terms of putting him in I'm not entirely sure by the way that you want him in just the two. And I think if you play him alongside mm. somebody else, that other play, player's going to have to be really positionally disciplined and talk him through the game and, and probably kind of sit in that space when the, the mistakes are made and mop things up for a while. It's almost, it's, it's kind of a babysitting mm. kind of job, isn't it? So what you're saying is we need a... Uh, Number six. <laughs> we need an elder statesman centre midfielder, um, possibly of similar descent, who... Maybe knows the club and can guide him through his early stages. I don't mind the players, but they need somebody. Hmm. To I don't even think Garner's that player either. But they, you know, I don't want to go down into that rabbit hole. But yeah. not totally. Maybe, not maybe totally, that's yeah. the thinking behind the signing. I don't know, but I mean that that's that's the one positive I can put a spin on that particular link. Yeah. Is that he will be a good. Yeah. You get, you, a, a he's he's, he's going to be he's going to be a project. You can see that the, yeah. there are concerted strengths in his game. That there are going to be real plus points. But there are going to be areas along the way as well, and this is not an easy environment in which to come in, because of the the feeling around the club, the way things have gone on the pitch so far. Um, I'd almost, I said to you, Matt, I'd, I'd almost have preferred Davis to have stayed on, even with the yellow card, mm-hmm. a system change, and uh, Onana and Awobi yeah, pushing on, pushing on a little bit more, because I think then that gives Onana a bit more scope, uh, a bit more freedom. Than he actually had. I wouldn't have taken Davis off it. I really wouldn't because I, I actually think he he was one of the better players on the pitch, yeah. and he he was he kept things ticking over, but he was he was a presence in in those areas in front of the in front of the defence. I think and that, that was a mistake. Right, well, because you just have to look at the two best teams in this country to see that you can play a front three without a natural <clears throat> target man centre forward if you've got three midfielders behind them like that's they're not technically good players I know you have to yeah. be technically good players but like what you said leaving Davis on bringing Onana on taking off one of the defenders so just simple 4-3-3 yeah. three, three. It, it might have worked better I think that false nine role above all for me if, even if you take away the, the technical elements or the physical elements I think the one thing it does really require is intelligence mm. I think uh, positional yeah. intelligence the idea of when to drop in 
when to take the defenders away. And I don't really look at any of Everton's options. That's a big burden for, an, for Anthony Gordon to, to shoulder, for example. It's a big burden for Dwight McNeil's yeah. shoulder. I think the one player in the squad that you'd look at him and you'd think he could do that would be Deli Alley yeah. if he was fully on it and, and doing it. But obviously there are were, there were things going on with him, with Besiktas. Um, I don't think they were ever really going to risk him in those, those scenarios. But I would have started with Deli Alley up front against Chelsea. Mm. Yeah, 100%. With, with Gordon from yeah, with Gordon from the left, and look, that might have been catastrophic. It, it, they might have been able to play out all day and, and, and recorded a comfortable win. But I think that that false nine role, it, it's all well and good talking about movement and all these things. I think you've just got to be really smart to play it because it's it's not something that you get coached as you're coming through the ranks. Right. You, you need to use your intuition. Like, you need to the, use your intu- intuition. It's like the, the one player who does it really well is Firmino, isn't it, down the years yeah. in the Premier League. Over the, over the, like, City seems to play a different player there every week and they're all, all obviously really intelligent and can all do it, but now we've got a, a striker. But yeah, um, I think Joffre does it well for them as well. Yeah. A lot of work to do, lads, isn't there? Mm. A lot of work to do. One point after three games um, coming up. Yeah, we stopped the rot. Coming up. Brentford leads away, Liverpool home, Arsenal away, West Ham home. It is a tricky run. It's going to get tough. But let's see. <laughs> uh, that's been your post match from the Denby Castle. Quite a, a quiet, sedate Denby Castle today compared to usual. Probably the, the strikes having something to do with that. I imagine a lot of people just got home after the game, but we're still here. Um, do you get down here? The derby before and after should be absolutely flying. Certainly, you'll ever get a result. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, it, it will lift off like uh, the house up if we get a result. But uh, next week we obviously got Fleetwood on Tuesday. I'll be doing a post-match reaction to that. Um, me and Paddy got the cricket on Saturday, so yeah. Dave Downey will be in charge of the Brentford instant reaction. But we'll have all the usual stuff as well. He can have a moan about Everton's lack of strikers next week. Yeah. Obviously, all doing it on rotation over the first month of the season yeah, Ivan and Buemo against that back three I'm not really looking forward to it though, but we'll get into that in a week but um, <laughs> we'll leave it there that's been your post-match reaction for Everton 1 Nottingham Forest 1 enjoy your weekend up the toffees and we'll speak to you again very soon here on the Blue Room Sports Social Podcast Network Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.